Hello there, welcome back to another episode of On The Table Podcast, where everything is on the table and nothing is off limits. So I know it's been quite a minute since I've uploaded um, an episode. I do apologize. I have been extremely busy till last a little while, uh, but we are going to go ahead and get on into the last episode of this. Oh my gosh, April 16th. Uh, so we've got to get better at that. So we're going to keep on going with the old articles. Uh, so we're going to do about three right about now, uh, two, about two or three whatever we can get into. Um, so uh, they're all from the BBC, of course. I'll try and vary it up more in the future. But if you have a news site that you want to use, that you want to see stuff on, because I will be uh, you know, getting more articles to read here in the next few days, and I'm going to be spending uh, you know, about five or six days a week actually going through news articles and uh, stuff like that, or at least uh, not really reading them. But at least going through the sites and going through, kind of picking what I want to read. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so let's go ahead and let's get on into it with the first of the three. Again, brought to like BBC. Um, let's see if I can find. Okay, so it's by Elysia Valkman. Uh, first of all, I do want to apologize if I mispronounce anything in any article, in any episode, about anything at all, period. I'll apologize ahead of time. I'm guaranteed to mispronounce something. So let's go ahead and let's get into it. This is the Food and Hospitality, uh, Food and Drink, Tunisia, Africa. The title of the article is Basissa, North Africa's Ancient Convenience Food. Um, so again, this is by Elysia Volkman. It was published on the 31st of January, 2022. Uh, so this uh, reads as follows. When, blend with, when blended <laughs> English with olive oil and honey, this unassuming brown powder, which has been eaten by Tunisians and Libyans for millennia, transforms into a breakfast of champions. Along the curving bay of Tunisia's southern gulf of Hamamet is a pretty village of Lamta, marked by its ornate blue and white doorways, Eclectic architecture and shop selling Basissa. Basissa? Basissa. I think it's Basissa. Uh, a nutritious. Well, one of those letters is silent, and we know it. All right. It might be the I. It might be Psa. I don't know. I'm saying it's Basissa. I felt like the S is silent. Uh, a nutritious food that has been loved and eaten by Tunisians and Libyans for millennia. Traditionally, this simple beige colored powder is based on the regional staples of roasted hard durum wheat and barley that have been flavored with fennel seed, aniseed, and marjoram, and then ground. It's often augmented with ground nuts, roasted pulses such as chickpeas, lentils, or fava beans, and other additions like ground sesame seeds and carob to ramp up its already substantial nutritional value. When blended with olive oil and honey into a thick cream and decorated with roasted nuts, this unassuming brown dust, a veritable ugly duckling of the food world, transforms into a breakfast of champions. As people today search for the next superfood, this ancient powder is becoming increasingly popular in North Africa and beyond for its purported health benefits. Locals have learned that the bissa <laughs> their mom once made them for breakfast is as good as, if not better than, any trendy protein shake. Being high in complex carbohydrates and fiber, it releases energy slowly, has 15 to 18 grams of protein per 100 grams, and is packed with vitamin C, 
as well as minerals including iron and potassium, zinc, magnesium, and calcium. More and more is becoming available on menus at cafes and a growing number of eco-hotels that offer yoga retreats. Now they got a picture over here. and it, eh, Okay, it looks interesting. Uh, all right, however, long before hipster kitchens buzzed to the sound of power smoothies, farmers and Caribbean drivers in the Maghreb, which runs from Libya and the east of North Africa to the Atlantic seaboard of Morocco, carried sacks of bissa to ensure they'd have a good source of nutrition, even in the middle of the Saharan desert. Serving as North Africa's original convenience food, it could either be mixed with olive oil or with water and fruits to create a satisfying milkshake called Rowena. The past few years living in Tunis, I started noticing new types of bissa in shops and eateries, including gluten-free versions, and the food was becoming a regular topic of conversation. During lunch in the capital, capital city one day, a new acquaintance told me that her mother is from Lapna. Lamta, sorry, now, where an annual Bissa festival is held and gave me the contact information of the festival organizers so I could learn more about why Bissa is so important to the town. When I called the number, Kara Sassi, a young enterprising entrepreneur, picked up and invited me to visit his family's Bissa business. Oh, that's fun to say, Bissa business. Bissa business, Bissa business. That is fun to say. If I'm even pronouncing that right, I don't know, but that that is fun. Uh... Sassy and his family's lives revolve around the making and selling of Bissa. In their small shop, which is crowded with shelves housing packets of Bissa powder, his father, Dalel, ladled out a zerur, a Tunisian dessert made of sesame seeds, nuts such as hazelnuts and pine nuts, butter and honey into plastic pots. Dalel gave me a spoon so I could dig in and taste it, which is often sold alongside Bissa as its more luxurious, luxurious counterpart. Well, Sassy showed me all the different types of bissa available for sale and told me about his business. We all work together as a family, mom, dad, my sister, and me, Sassy said. My mom used to work in an office, and I hated it, so we set up the workshop and we financed it all ourselves. And then uh, we then headed to the family's home in a working-class seafront neighborhood. On its ground floor was a small, modern, and scrupulously clean bissa-making workshop, where I was greeted by the smell of roasting wheat along with the warm smile and handshake from Sassy's mother, Zahia Basuri. She showed me the entire process, pouring the hot roasted wheat into large metal bowls and measuring out other ingredients including chickpeas, beans, almonds, and spices. Once everything is mixed, it's packed up and taken to the local miller who grinds it into the finished product, an unassuming looking but flavor-packed powder. Basuri to took me outside and pointed out the home built on top of the workshop. She said, I built those three floors. Everything good that I have comes from Bissa. Bissa has been a lifeline for the Lamptians, who have managed to develop a thriving cottage industry from it. However, it's more than just something to eat to Tunisians. It's also a marker of major life events such as weddings, births, and moving into a new home, as well as holidays and other special occasions. Everything good that I have comes from Bissa. Bissa has been a lifeline for the Lemtians who have managed to develop a thriving cottage industry from it. I really hope I'm pronouncing that right. However, it's more than just something to eat to Tunisians. It's also a marker. Oh, okay, I read that. Uh, not sure why I just copying those words. Uh, Bissa is linked to our traditions and festivals, says Salsan Bakar, co owner of a family run delectacen called Ayem's Men, located in Tunis's 
Creek Seaside suburb of La Marsa. When a couple gets married, they present the bride with a bowl of bissa decorated with toasted nuts and dried fruit. We give a special type of bissa to a woman as she prepares her birth and another for when she is breastfeeding. Libyan and Tunisian Jews eat it when celebrating al bissa, a uniquely Maghrebian feast that follows the spring festival of Purim and augurs the season of Passover. Traditionally, the mother of the family would stir the olive into the bissa with the key to the house and if signifying wealth and the protection of the home. Or sometimes the woman would put the gold jewelry into the bissa as it is being mixed to symbolize how Jewish women gave up all their gold to pay for the Mishkan or tabernacle that served as a temporary home for the Ark of the Covenant, as described in the book of Exodus when Moses and the Israelites wandered in search of the promised land. When Islam arrived in North Africa in the 7th and 8th centuries, Bissa became a Ramadan essential as part of Sahur, the meal eaten before sunrise when fasting begins. My travel companion, Lazar Gamaudi, a consultant who has worked on agricultural development projects all over Tunisia, told me that before modern transportation, when people walked or traveled in camel trains, they took sacks of Bissa as supplies to ensure they ate well for Hajj, the pilgrimage to Mecca. Bissa is a mercurial dish that not only varies by religion, but also by season and by which part of the country it's eaten in. Each region has its own tradition of Bissa, explained Nagar. The island of Djerba uses sorghum, but only in winter. The city of Sauce makes Bissa from roasted lentils, some use beans. We always use ground nuts or helpa, fenugreek Greek seeds, though not everyone likes a strong flavor, and carrot powder and sesame too. She offered me a bowl of Safaxian bissa made from chickpeas as it's gluten-free. Perfect for Koalik like me along with a box of dates. You use a date like a spoon, she said. The pasty golden bissa hit my taste buds with a rich nuttiness that was simultaneously silky and sticky, demanding me to chew slowly and revel in an almost contemplative way of eating. Fast food, this is not. And after three scoops of it with plump dates, I was satisfied. Apart from the typical regional variations, Bacar creates her own signature bissa blends using various health foods, from an oat-based bissa with dates and figs to a sugar-free bissa. She is proudest of her moringa bissa. Moringa powder made from the leaves of a tree nicknamed the Miracle Tree, which is cultivated in Southeast Asia and East Africa has recently become very popular due to its nutrient content, including high levels of calcium, making it a plant-based alternative to dairy. I'm always doing research into new types of healthy foods to introduce to Tunisia, she said. Bizza is a food that is very easy to eat, a few spoonfuls and you feel full. Durham wheat is a source of protein that can replace animal protein for vegetable protein. It has antioxidants, vitamin E, vitamins B1, B6, B9, and zinc. It's very rich and mixed with olive oil, you gain the benefits of the good fats and oleic acids. All of Bacar's ingredient sourcing and recipe development is carefully monitored, including the honey, which she buys from local producers, and she tests and analyzes every batch to ensure the highest quality. We collaborate with the nutritionist, she said. For example, dietary fiber is important for digestive transit. But you need the right amount, too much, and you create other problems. 
The Carr's business is very successful, and her shop that has housed the family business since 1966 is now too small, with customers regularly queuing to get in. To meet the demand, she and her husband have built a new food hall due to open in February. She explained how visitors to Tunisia are trying Bissa for breakfast in hotels or Tunisian friends' houses and are getting hooked. And an appetite for Bissa is growing internationally, as Tunisians living abroad in France and Australia are now packaging and selling Bissia as a stylish health food. Nevertheless, if there's one must-go place to eat Bissia in Tunisia, it's Lambda. The town's annual, annual uh, apart from being canceled in 2020 and 2021 due to COVID, Bissa Festival began back in May of 2001 and attracts visitors from the wider Maghreb as well as people from as far afield as Italy and Indonesia. According to Santa Salah, president of the committee that organizes the festival, it was set up to support the tangible heritage of Lamta and to support the Lamtians. At the festival, visitors can sample different varieties of Bissa as well as other local dishes and the event culminates in a competition for the best Bissa. Recent gold medal winner Sama Sala and her husband Najib Rajab, who run Bissa Sama just off the main drag, boast the most expensive Bissa in Lamta. Their cousin Salim popped into the shop and wielded a dis- disposable spoon with the light, scooping up some of their Bissa Royale made from dra sorghum and zoga, a typical Tunisian flavoring made with ground nuts and Aleppo pine. Dra is the best. It has your A, B, C vitamins, exclaimed Salam. And the bisses were tasted, we tasted, were delicious. But tasting the bisses royal with its aromatic and slightly spicy flavor made me understand why it won the top prize. Gamari, my travel buddy and taster, since I couldn't eat any wheat-based bissa, enjoyed bissa so much that he bought several packets of it for his daughter. As a healthy on-the-go snack, it is a working parent's friend. It was a perfect snack for us, too. The spoonfuls we tasted meant we had no desire for lunch before journey back to Tunis. Alright. So, I'm curious to, to try and try some of this. Oh, there's, even, there's another... Oh my gosh, there's even more articles on this thing. Okay. Uh, so, wow, there's, there's more articles on this. Uh, so, that was the last bit of that article. Um, so that's pretty cool. So I really hope I'm pronouncing that right. If I am mispronouncing it, I do apologize. Uh, but let's go ahead and let's get into it. And the next one, uh, and that might be all we have time for. All right. Uh, so this, again, brought to us by BBC, um, by Amy Yee, published on the 30th of January, 2022. Uh, so it is titled, The Country Inoculating Against Disinformation. Subjected to repeated disinformation campaigns, the tiny Baltic country of Estonia sees media literacy education as part of its digital first culture and national security. And I do keep in mind that as we're reading these older uh, articles, they're not really necessarily relevant, so to speak. I mean, like they might be, but it's not like, oh, hey, here's what's going on now. Here's something new. Uh, well, it's new to us, most likely. Because uh, I probably haven't heard any of this before. Uh, y'all might not have either. This is more of just to see, hey, what articles did we save from... Because again, these are articles that I saved to read but never got around to reading, unfortunately. Um, as I'm still trying to work out a schedule to where I can uh, do the YouTube 
and work, of course, so work and YouTube, uh, this podcast, and all the other stuff I got to get done on a daily basis. Um, so this is so things will get better. I promise we'll get more consistent. I promise. Uh, so I've been saying it for a while, but it is happening. I'm slowly starting to get a schedule down. All right. So with that said. For two days, riots raged in Estonia's capital, Tallinn. Protesters clashed with police and looters rampaged after the violence was sparked by controversy about a decision to move a military statue erected, love that word, uh, during Soviet rule. The flames of outrage among Estonia's Russian-speaking minority were fanned by false news spreading online and in Russian news reports. The disinformation campaign then escalated into what is considered the first cyber attack against an entire country. The attack, which was linked to Russia, shut down websites of Estonia's government, banks, and media outlets. In the aftermath of the attack in 2007, Estonia decided to take action. The country has now become a cybersecurity leader aimed at protecting its online infrastructure from future attacks. But the country has done something else in its attempt to protect itself from digital digital aggression. The tiny Baltic country is using media literacy education to help its citizens spot and be wary of disinformation. Since 2010, Estonian public schools, from kindergarten through to high school, teach media literacy to their people. Students in 10th grade also take a mandatory 35-hour media and influence course. Media literacy education is now accepted as important as maths or writing or reading says Kim Compass, former strategic communications advisor to Estonian's government. He was recently appointed as a policy officer at the European External Action Service, European Union's diplomatic service. All right, so before I go any further, let me just say, don't get me wrong, I think math, writing, and reading are very important. Reading and writing being probably the most important. However, math, basic knowledge of math, adding addition, multiplication, all, all the good stuff, uh, that's needed, but all that other geometry and all that, unless you're going to go into a field where that's necessary or you just want to learn it, it's not really uh, important to know because I, I've i never used geometry a day in my life uh, after school. So uh, let me just put it that way. I've never used geometry. I haven't used history unless like I've just maybe on, uh, not family feud, um, like Andrew was sitting around, oh, what is this? Oh, you know, whatever. Uh, various casual conversation. I might have used some history, uh, you know, but I, I've I've never had to use any of that that, that stuff. Good to know it, but still, um, but that's still what I understand. Geometry, <laughs> so it's like goodness, I haven't had to use it. Uh, let me let me just say that. But I so let me just continue with that for a second. So media and influence, or media literacy education, is more important than math, in in, in my opinion, because you read it and write it that doesn't mean you can understand it but with all but learning how to identify misinformation is crucially important uh, i mean so uh yeah all right yeah let's continue on estonia ranks high in media freedom and education which provides solid preconditions to deal with disinformation says marin lesinski program director at open society institute based in sofia bulgaria which publishes an annual media literacy index. Better education provides for stronger critical thinking or better fact-checking skills. We need that. The powerful threat posed by online misinformation was thrown into the spotlight in the wake of 2016 U.S. presidential elections 
where voters were targeted with disinformation by trolls with links to the Russian intelligence community. A subsequent, a, a subsequent report published by the U.S. Senate Intelligence Committee accused Russia of waging an information warfare campaign aimed at spreading disinformation and fighting U.S. society. The apparent attempt to disrupt democratic elections together with disinformation spread during the COVID-19 pandemic, which is so disinformation, has led to claims that the world is facing an infodemic or an epic epidemic of bad information, as Hillary Clinton put it. <laughs> uh, July 2021, U.S. President Joe Biden made headlines when he said social media platforms like Facebook were killing people by spreading COVID-19 vaccine misinformation. This is, an older, this, is, this is funny. So just keep in mind, this is the misinformation they were leading. You know what? I'm not, I'm not going to get into that. I want to get into that. I'm going to get into that. As we now know and as it's becoming apparent, the COVID-19 vaccine, COVID-19 is nothing. So let me just put it to you again. What is COVID-19? Nothing. Uh, so just do keep that in mind. So... Um, all right, but despite the threat, there is yet to be a decisive solution to such a pervasive problem. Some countries, such as the U.S., are debating. I have those funny news back then. Uh, new internet regulations and penalties. Let's go down too far for social media platforms that share harmful content. While internet companies themselves and media organizations have attempted to take their own steps to tackle the problem for fear of losing their audience's trust. Mm. Germany, in 2017, passed NetzDG, Netz with a Z, by the way, a law that regulates online hate speech, and last year expanded the regulations under the Act. In spring 2021, the UK proposed an online safety bill and later launched a new strategy to coordinate media literacy initiatives. Even influential academic institutions such as the Royal Society, Royal Society in the UK have turned their not- and considerable brain power to the task. <laughs> okay. Uh, Estonia's decade long attempt to teach its people to discern between reliable information and falsehoods. I'm just saying, okay, there's a lot more to this article. I don't know if we can get this done in time. Take a long attempt. Information could be an important but less discussed piece of the puzzle. This approach seems to be paying off. Now, last year, the tiny nation ranked third in the 2021 Media Literacy Index. So let, let, let me put it down. Let me get a little closer for that. Last year, 2020, I think, 2021, whatever. Last year, the tiny nation ranked third in the 21 Media Literacy Index, compiled by the European Policies Initiative of the Open Society Institute, or OSI, behind Finland and Denmark. So again, we're not even in the top three. A tiny nation, that's described here, beat us in the media literacy index of 21. Doesn't surprise me. Uh, <laughs> in the index of 35 European countries, top-rated nations have the highest potential to withstand disinformation and misinformation based on the quality of education-free media and high trust among people, according to OSI. Uh, yeah, education is low here. Uh, free media is not getting getting free is coming the opposite uh, and we don't really trust many people here unfortunately um, 
Oh, what is this picture? Uh, Oh, I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta open up on that. Okay, what? Open it. Okay, we're gonna read this real quick. Estonia's position in the index comes, even though its average annual income is less than half that of top-ranked rich European countries. And although Estonia has a population of just 1.3 million, it is known as one of the world's most digitally advanced countries. Media literacy and digital competency are also part of Estonia's identity as a leader in technology and digitization of voting, filing taxes, and most of civic life. Other countries are also trying to learn from Estonia's approach. Ahead of the number 20, November 2020 elections, U.S. military officials visited Estonia to learn about combating Russian cyber war tactics. The U.K. Parliament also, in 2020, heard evidence from compass of the Estonian government to learn about the country's media literacy programs and how they could help its citizens understand digital propaganda in its position as a near neighbor of Russia. Now, there's a photo here. I'm really curious what this is. Um, all right, so let's... All right, there's somewhere like a all blacked out for mass, all that. Tech CEOs protect public health. Hashtag stop anti-vaxxers now. Uh, hashtag stop anti-vaxxers. That's hashtag now. Antivaxwatch.org. I really, let's go to that site real quick. Antivaxwatch.org. I'm curious. Aggregate news of the dangerous activities of the anti vax industry. The sound of vaccine against this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Information doesn't violate, just keep on rolling in. What was that? Okay, so. Okay. We'll see updates. Um, yeah, so the latest was on August 19th of 2021. Uh, yeah, so the, the truth is coming out about vaccines. Uh, it's not a vaccine against disinformation. Anti-vaccine activists are no longer just fringe conspiracists. Their harmful messages are pouring into the mainstream as maliciously and intentionally target vulnerable groups in the midst of a global health crisis. But y'all are the one targeting maliciously and intentionally targeting vulnerable groups in the midst of a global health crisis, which really isn't a global health crisis. So... How how are we when we're advising people that they have rights? If you want to get the vaccine, you get the vaccine. But y'all are forcing people to get the vaccine. How? How are we enforcing anybody? How are we maliciously and intentionally targeting vulnerable groups in the midst? How we target anybody? We are giving information to people. And yes, I'm an anti-vaxxer. I don't want that shit in my body. I want to stay healthy. I want to live. But anyway, let's get back on into it. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, let's let's go ahead and let's get back on into it. Uh. After the photo, uh, better media literacy skills makes our people more resilient not only to hostile interference in the digital domain, no dominion, but to noise, rudeness, bad journalism, and everything else. Compass told the UK's Parliamentary Committee on Democracy and Digital Technologies. God, that was hard. Uh, Estonia's National Cybersecurity Practices 
were galvanized by its historically fraught relationship with Russia. The country regained independence from Soviet rule in 1991 and has since found itself among the targets for Russian aggression. Since the 2007 cyber attack on Estonia, Russia has also been accused of online aggression against other nearby countries such as Georgia and particularly Ukraine. Is Georgia a country? Hold on. Hold on. We gotta stop this for a second. Hold on. Is Georgia a country? George, let me just type in George and see what, what happens. Okay, hold on. I want to. Okay, it's got a link here. Okay, I'm confused. <laughs> okay, um. Alright, let's go click on that. We go click on that. Um, Alright, let's see. Georgia country. Yeah, let's see location. I want to see location. What? Georgia country. I don't know why Bing does on my computer. Um, let me just. Wait, seriously? Georgia country is in Europe. Georgia is next to countries of Russia, Turkey, Armenia. It is a country. What? I did not know Georgia was a country. Honestly, I probably saw it in the Olympics of like the thousands of countries that there are. Like, oh my god. How many of that many countries? It's insane. Um, I probably just forgot about it. I probably, actually, I probably didn't know about it and just went, oh my god. Georgia? Georgia? Well, that's a state. No, it's a country because it's in the, the Olympics. All right. Probably. If they ever made it to the Olympics, I think they would. Everybody does, right? All right. Uh, let's see. And particularly Ukraine, as the country has come under increased pressure from its larger neighbor this winter. The Russian government has consistently denied any involvement in the cyber attacks, but as Russian troops gathered close to the border with Ukraine in January, the U.S. State Department went as far as to publish a fact sheet on Russian disinformation about Ukraine. The U.K. has also issued new guidance urging British organizations to bolster their defenses against cyber attacks. We weren't that surprised by what happened in Georgia in 2008, or Ukrainian in 2014, or the U.S. in 2016, says Compass. These threats have only emphasized the need for Estonia to help its citizens protect themselves from Russian interference. He told MPs in speaking to the U.K. Parliament. The self-made concept of E-Estonia and a sophisticated digital society has been deeply ingrained in citizens. We've been retold that story so many times. We're used to that idea. We have to think of all things cyber and digital, says Maria Mengel, lecturer at University of Tartu and a former high school media literacy teacher for 15 years. She has designed courses on media and digital literacies at the University of Tartu and for high schools. The spectrum of media literacy education aims to enable a culture of critical analysis and help people understand complicated and hidden messages. In Estonian elementary and middle schools, there is no specific course on media literacy. Rather, the concepts are integrated into other subjects. For example, maths teachers might dig into statistics, which are easily misunderstood or manipulated. Art classes analyze images and how advertisements or certain media depictions make viewers perceive things. Social studies classes could focus on war propaganda. 
in kindergarten, children might play with toys with knobs that direct an insect to do different things, explains Compass. He points out this is an early lesson in the basics of coding and the concept of algorithms. Uh, young children learn how, to, how digital content is created as well as how to use the internet safely, adds Britt Yarvit, a strategic planning advisor at Estonia's Ministry of Education. Estonia's national educational standards give schools goals and study outcomes to reach. Schools themselves decide how to reach the goals, so a teacher has flexibility when choosing study materials and methods. So teachers have flexibility. Uh, but Estonia's mandatory high school media and influence course focuses on the role of media and journalism in society, including how, high, how social media works, how bots and trolls function, and how to protect against them. Students learn about fact versus opinion, reliable versus doubtful sources, and other tools of critical analysis. In addition to the mandatory class, high schools usually offer additional elective classes about media. God, this article is longer than expected. In many such courses, students make media themselves, says Lisa Koek, a high school media literacy teacher in Lat, uh, late uh, Estonia. This, she says, helps them learn how content is created, whether videos, photos, social media posts, blogs, and how it can be designed to persuade or manipulate. Um, these are online games created specifically for young children, hope to educate them about how to go online safely. Uh, that is some god awful cartooning, but hey, you know, whatever. Uh, teach them how to go online safely, that's fantastic. Uh, unfortunately, that a lot here in the U.S. Uh, me literally, we also need a lot of people off the internet, let's be honest. But anyway, uh, another, another topic for another day. Uh, let's continue on. I feel like we just barely passed the halfway point. Yeah, that's right. All right, media literacy classes in schools do not focus on politics. It's an unspoken rule. But in any case, kids don't care about politics, says Mara Mamingo. A lesson should be relevant to what interests children, she points out. Mm, okay, I mean, yeah, sort of. Uh, but again, I'll have another idea for how schooling actually should be and what we should be learning in schools. But anyway, uh, don't go wrong, education is important. Not saying that at all. But anyway, uh, memes, social media posts, videos, and animations can help illustrate simple but important lessons about evaluating information. One Estonian education website featured cartoons for kids about online safety with advice also relevant to parsing out misinformation, such as, remember that the information on the internet is not always reliable. Compare the data you find with other sources. At the university level, which is simple, but a lot of people don't do that. At the university level, Murabam Mingle designed an elective media literacy course at the University of Tartu that educates students about how journalists work in mainstream media and teaches skills teaches skills need to independently seek teaches these skills needed to independently seek additional information that might be needed to verify facts. On a broad level, Yarbit says that the spectrum of media literacy education aims to enable cultural a culture of critical analysis and help people miss help people understand, not misunderstand, but help people understand, complicated and hidden messages, whether on TV, movies, music, or the internet. There is no one way to teach media literacy, but Estonia's government mandates that the country's teacher training universities teach elements of digital competencies as part of their courses. More plans are in the works for training teachers specifically on media and information literacy. 
In schools, there's no standardized national tests on media literacy, so teachers conduct their own exams and assign papers. However, there are other evaluation tools. The Estonian Digital Research Center and the State Chancellery this spring launched a free online test with 20 questions that assesses, assesses skills in detecting misin- disinformation. The test is based on software from an Estonian. I should do. I, I, I want to see this in English. Uh, the test is based on software from an Estonian cybersecurity company. One challenge is that the Estonian teachers are already tasked with many subjects and want flexibility with their lessons. They can integrate media literacy themes into existing lessons, but they are under pressure to do so much, says Koic. The purpose... Oh my gosh, this is so long. Alright, the point is... I, I, I'm not going to read anymore. I'm sorry. We, we, we are out of time. We were out of time almost 10 minutes ago. Oh, it's going to be fine. Uh, whatever. Uh, I'm that game though. But anyway, so that's where we're going to end this episode. Because again, we ran out of time about 10 minutes ago. Um, so I got to get this and it edited. And by edited, I mean the title and all that. Uh, and, but yeah, so I got to get done. The other stuff I got to get done. Like, I'm hungry. I got to eat. I got a lot I got to do. Anyway, um, uh, so, very interesting that they, the superfood, pretty cool. Uh, kind of want to try and find that if I can, if I can find it for pretty cheap. Probably won't be able to. Uh, and maybe I'll do a video on it. Uh, but, I don't know, maybe one day. Uh, anyway, and then, I, I think it's good. I think it is good that, uh, you know, at least somewhere, they're teaching how to spot disinformation which, of course, you can't always spot it 100% of the time, but if you're taught, you know, what it is and how to look out for it and what to what to look for, then you stand a better chance. Um, so, because unfortunately it is out there. Don't know why people can't just be honest, but, you know, whatever. Alright, well, there you have it. There's an episode. If you like this episode, y'all know what to do. Stay tuned. Stay awesome. And as always, we will catch you later. Also, I'm using a new new setup here, a new mic uh, for this. So go ahead and let me know what y'all think over on Twitter at OnTheTailPodC1. Or you can go ahead and let me know on the Discord or even on my YouTube channel, ZachRider747. I might even record or even stream uh, the making of an episode uh, one of these days. So, anywho, stay tuned, stay awesome, and as always, we will catch you later. Thank you all so much for listening in.